the majority of the escape rooms in the world have closed down sort of immediately. Yeah, it was over a few weeks where a few of them sort of hung on and until they were actually forced to close, but yeah, people have stopped going to escape rooms. You're listening to Tom Parslow, who combined his interest in software development and escape rooms into a full-time, profitable solopreneur business. When COVID-19 shut down his entire industry virtually overnight, Tom helped escape rooms around the world bring their games online. Today, you can find more than 100 escape rooms offering live video interaction with multiple players and real games masters through Tom's website. And you're about to hear Tom's journey and how you can join the fun, because Tom is today's guest on Solopreneur Success. Welcome to the Solopreneur Success Podcast, where successful business owners gather to share true stories and sound advice to help you start and grow your own solopreneur business. Come soar with us and design the life you love. Now, here's your host, Steve Combs. Hello, solopreneurs. I always love when I hear about someone who takes something they love and turns it into a profitable business that serves others, which is why I'm really happy today to interview Tom Parslow, a computer programmer and escape room enthusiast who has merged his mutual interest into an exciting solopreneur business. So, Tom, welcome to the show today. Thanks, Steve. It's, uh, it's really great to be on. We were talking about this like about a week or so ago, and I was like, I've got to really have this guy on the show. This is really cool. And we have some mutual interests. And one of those things is we both started computer programming at a young age. And back in, in my day, I was you know, programming TRS-80 Model 1s, Model 3s, and you know, basic and assembly language and stuff like that as a young teen. Just curious how you got started in computer programming yourself. Uh, yeah, I, I got started, I think, uh, about, about 10 or 11 on a, a copy of HyperCard on, on a Mac SE. I was using it to do drawings and, uh, and make little flipbook animations. And then I discovered that rather than hitting the key lots of times, I could put a bit of some words into, into this box and it would do it for me. It's an amazing labor, labor saving device. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sure is. I mean, I, you know, they used to do like BB scripts behind Excel sheets and stuff like that, very similar. But you've, you've grown quite a bit past the, the, the basic scripting stage. Matter of fact, I believe you had some products for sale even as a teenager. I'd like to hear about that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm about about 15, maybe. I uh, wrote an app in in VB. I think maybe it was VB four, maybe. I think at the time, the first version. And uh, it was uh, at the time I had to dial up internet, had to pay by the minute for the connections. So and I had to give my dad money for the uh, for the phone line for that. So I wanted to keep track of how much. So I knew how much of my pocket money I had to pay. So I made a program that sort of just tracked when I was on the internet and how long I've been on. And then, yeah, at my, at my dad's suggestion, I, I put, it, put it online and said, if, if anyone likes it, they should send me, send me some money. And um, initially, that was just uh, checks in the post. Like, I, I couldn't get a credit card processing thing or anything like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it kind of grew, grew from there. And uh, yeah, it got featured sort of later versions, I think in VB6 by this point. Still when I was around, around about 15. But yeah, they, they got featured in, in the computer magazines. So the computer magazines at the time always used to come with like a CD or, or a floppy disk on the front. So yeah, it started to be featured in those as in, in a few articles and things. And yeah, um, but yeah, I just started getting um, checks in the post every morning, uh, which was really, really cool. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And especially at that age, and, and you know, yeah. I remember the shareware industry is not such a big deal anymore, it seems. I, I rarely see any kind of shareware software out there. It's usually either free or it's paid, one or the other. Maybe it's a subscription model or you know, it seems to be what's most popular these days. But uh, that, that's really cool. You also have an interest in escape rooms and we're going to kind of merge these little points together here in a sec. But tell, tell me about how you got involved in the escape rooms. 
So, I mean, originally I just, you know, I'd heard of these things, uh, escape rooms. Um, I initially heard of them as like a thing that was happening in, in Eastern Europe and it just sounded really cool. Then they started sort of showing up in the UK and I, I played a few, but not, not, not a huge amount. Then so a guy I knew in Brighton, where I'm from, started one after I think having played one on holiday in Thailand and it was it was really fun but still that was just all like a yeah a little interest it's quite fun to play these things then uh my dad got a job as a as a games master uh because my friend who was running the escape room he knew that my my dad's retired uh my dad does a lot of kind of theater type of things so he thought it'd be quite quite good to sort of play their their games masters sort of play a role so now essentially it's like an acting job so yeah he he did that for a while he he really enjoyed it it was a really cool little part-time job for him but he noticed that they were um, handing out these little business cards after, after each game saying, saying, please leave us a review on TripAdvisor. And his, he, he, was, he was asking me, well, why, why isn't there software that does this? Um, <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I, so I started talking to the guy who was running the escape room. It turns out they were sending out team photos after each game, which someone was manually taking the photos, photoshopping them, adding graphics and branding over the top entering stuff out of like a text layer in photoshop saving them out uh, i think it was i think it was going through whatsapp several times like 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 it, like the photo would be whatsapp to this guy he'd do that then he'd whatsapp it back then someone else would attach it to an email there's quite a lot going on and i was oh, like, kidding i could automate that as well and they were like oh yeah that sounds good and uh yeah that, that's the software was born <laughs> wow yeah so that's just you know just recognizing a need in the industry or somebody telling you say look there's a need in this industry mm. and couldn't couldn't you do something about this and and that's just an idea of you have somebody who knows what you can do and sees a need and kind of makes that connection too which is which is awesome in this case it was your dad but he is also involved in the escape room industry so that that's really cool so how long did it take you to, to go from the idea of like here's something that could be done to here's some software i can actually sell the, the very first version, so I was working as a freelance developer at the time, so it was sort of like in, in bits of time that I could find. But uh, I built the first version probably probably over little bits of free time, over, over a week or something. Yeah, it was, it was probably a few hours work in, in total for this first version. It was, it was not very good. It was, uh, it was absolutely awful, in fact. It, it was just good enough that if you used it, you, when they used it, they were like, well, if this wasn't rubbish, um, then, then we, would, uh, we would use this, which was enough encouragement to improve it a little bit. I managed to get that version of it to the point where they were using it. It wasn't very good, but it was better than not having it. Once I kind of got it to that stage, it, didn't, it wasn't even called Buzzshot at that time. It didn't even, have an, it didn't even have, really have a name. And yeah, once we got up to that point, kind of realized that, you know, this is actually something I think that's going to work. So I, um, I took a, uh, a week off of, off of my freelance work and, and built a, a slightly better version of the product before it was just a, just a web page, essentially. So I bought, built a, a mobile app in, um, in React Native um, with, a, with an actual backend and with all, all kinds of bits that, you know, you would actually need. And also, crucially, at this point, I made it multi-tenant so that I could actually have more than one user using it. And, and I put all that together, got the original people using that. Obviously, it's much better now. They're, they're a lot happier. They're, they're quite keen on it. And then decided I was going to you know, sell it to other people, which is, yeah, was always the plan from the beginning. But you know, this seems like the, it seemed like the time to do it. So I put together a web page for it. And then it kind of just didn't go anywhere for a little bit. I just didn't really know how to, how to actually get to the next stage. So I tried a bit of direct phone marketing. So I just, I got a list of all the escape room companies in the UK. I just started calling them. And that, that was, I mean, that was horrible. I, I absolutely hate doing uh, cold calling. 
I mean, to the point where I would actually get a stomachache when it, when I, when I, each time I did it. That, that, was, that was how stressed I was by it. <laughs> um, You're not alone there. There's so many people that yeah. absolutely hate code calling. So when you called somebody like that, though, how, what did you offer? Did you offer like a trial of it or how, how did that well, conversation go? Well, back, back then, I was not even at the stage where I didn't even really know how I was going to sell it. So all I was doing was, saying like, was uh, calling them up and saying, I've got some software for, for escape rooms. Can I talk to you? Are you interested in it? And everyone was really nice to me, which was, which was good. I was really worried that people were going to be really horrible to me because I was calling them out of the blue. Everyone was really nice, but also no one was really interested. So I guess a lot of, oh, well, thank you very much for calling us. Could you just put it in an email and we'll get back to you? And of course, they never did, which is fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I did that for a while. And it just sort of, I, you know, I was, beca- I was beginning to, to think, well, maybe if I've, if I've called this amount of people and not one of them has bit, then maybe this is not the amazing opportunity that I thought it was. And then just by chance, someone, someone emailed to ask about it. And they had not found it because of any of the people I've been emailing or you know, the people who have been you know, trying to spread the word for me or anything like that. This person, she was on Twitter, I think, set, I think setting up a Twitter account for her escape room. And I had set up a Twitter account because yeah, I just sort of done like, oh, I'll set up all the social media. That's part of marketing, right? Um, <laughs> I set up a Twitter account and I had made one tweet that just said something like escape room software and links to the site. That was it. Uh, and then I, yeah, I hadn't done anything else. Uh, I think I, mostly that was just to, to grab the name. And yeah, and somehow she had just been recommended by Twitter, Twitter to follow me. So somehow the algorithm had decided like, this, well, this person should follow you. She had gone there, she'd gone to the website, she couldn't figure out what it was. So I hadn't described it well enough in the website for her to really figure out what it did at all. But for, for some reason, she was just like, well, this is software. This, I, I don't know what this is, but it's obviously aimed at me. It's for people running escape rooms. So she emailed me. And um, I, like, I, I was like, oh, should we talk on the phone? I've got to go on the phone. We, we chatted. Uh, it turned out, that, yes, actually, that she did want what, what, I, what I was making. Uh, she was like, oh, that, that sounds really good. And yeah, then we kind of like, got a up on the uh on the software and through a lot of it took a it was a long time it was maybe maybe a month of kind of like should use it and be like well this is okay but like i can't use it because of this so it was about a month of i think talking on the phone almost or on skype almost every day with like you know this is the new list of reasons why i can't use this uh, I, I i mean obviously like she she'd, sort of, she'd seen something and decided she really did need this kind of thing um, and yeah eventually we kind of got it to a point where she she was willing to pay for it that's uh, awesome. So really turn her into a beta user and, and she gives you all this terrific feedback. So you actually have useful yeah. software and know exactly what you need. That's, that's, that's terrific. Yeah. And, and once I was like, well, I mean, this one person has been willing, is willing to pay for it. <laughs> you know, she's now on a, she's now, she's now on a um, subscription and, uh, you know, um, still is. So uh, yeah, so then that, 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 came, that kind of gave me the motivation to just jump back in and just carry on going and trying, trying all the things to, uh, to get in touch with people. <laughs> Gotcha. So when you got to that place where she said, okay, this is useful enough where I can actually pay for it and this is worth the investment, how did you go back into the marketing stage at that point? Uh, so yeah, I, I still didn't really know what I was doing, but I, uh, I think I, I started getting a bit involved in uh, the Facebook groups. So it turns out that all of the escape room people, they communicate via Facebook. So there aren't forums, there aren't really mailing lists. There are lots and lots of Facebook groups. So, you know, there, there are Facebook groups for enthusiasts. Uh, there are Facebook groups for owners. There are Facebook groups for just people who are generally in the industry. And yeah, I start, started, started going on those. Being very, very careful because uh, you don't want to get a reputation as someone who's spamming these groups. 
So, you know, I think I kind of like, if, if, the, if the group of rules allowed it, I'd mention my, I'd make one post about my software once and then I just try and come up with useful things. So, uh, so you know, like, could I, could I post, some, could I, uh, was someone asking a question I knew the answer to? Uh, I, yeah, I can reply to that and be helpful. And, you know, just general things like that. And, and, all, and, and then when, if, if someone was asking, you know, specifically, how do you do this? Then I would start jumping in and be like, oh, my, my software does this. Um, <laughs> although I think I, I tried to do the thing where I'd be like, well, you could do it like this. Here's the, here's the way you can do it with free software. I also make software that does this. And uh, that might be a lot easier for you. <laughs> yeah that's, always... that's a great way because you're providing value here yeah and it's not just a, a hard sell like oh buy my software but it's rather you're you know this is this is great for anybody to hear because facebook and other social media is is a great tool for this interaction but you have to approach it in the right way and i like I like what you said there that you you can't just go out there and spam the group you, you need to like yeah. provide value and interact with the community that that's that's what brings value and and people appreciate that you come across as a spammer if you're not banned from the group, you'll certainly be ignored <laughs> very quickly. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you just you don't want you don't want to start you, you you want people to start recognizing you and knowing who you are, but you don't want them to start recognizing you because you've been <laughs> posting all the time and and they don't like it. And yeah, you know, especially I, I feel like in an industry like like the escape room industry, it's not a big industry. I think it wouldn't take a lot for people for people to start realizing that you know if you if you weren't being uh, upfront with everyone, then I, I don't think it would take people very long to notice and for that to get around. So I think it's really, really important to, I mean, always, but, uh, but yeah, especially in this kind of situation to just to be as good as you can and uh, yeah, yeah try, sounds, and, try and be providing value all the time. <laughs> it sounds like you, like you said, you know, the industry is not huge, but you found a, a great niche uh, for your software. What happens, you know, if somebody else comes in a marketplace, do you have competition in, in the market for the kind of software you offer at this point, or is it still something that you've kind of got cornered the market on? Yeah, no, no, I do have competition now, which I think by this point, point it would be really worrying if i didn't so uh i've got one competitor who came out just after me as far as i'm aware like uh i'm i don't think they copied me because i think with the timeline probably we came up with the we we came up with the ideas independently and uh working on it at the same time unless they were very very quick so and yeah you know i think they started off a little bit different to me but then they maybe you know saw that saw features i was doing that uh, they liked i think i probably saw some features they were doing so we, we got more similar Although we, we've always luckily had quite a kind of differentiating thing in that they seem to be, they're, they're very much more about like they are getting, they're very much the software is, is them and, you know, your, your players sign up with, sign up with them and, and have accounts on their software. Whereas I've always been, I try to be out of the way. I, I think the players shouldn't know about Buzzshot. I think that that's something the owners should know about. It should be something that's making their players' lives better, but it's, uh, it should be, you know, as as, uh, as sort of transparent as possible for the players, so that's that's something that that's luckily they are kind of a, a differentiator. I think that's, that's kept us a little bit apart. And then since then, of course, there's been various other software like this. There's some which are just sort of direct copies. Someone's tried to clone the software. That goes about as well as you'd expect. Um, <laughs> you know, I occasionally get people coming in and coming to me and saying like, "Oh, I I heard you heard you all like this software, but only you're actually good." Um, <laughs> So I think if anything, those, those, the people making those, those clones, of, all they've done is provided me with advertising. I, I don't think there's that many people who are, uh, who are happily using them. Well, that's, that's always good when you can get that reputation in the industry as well. Hmm. So today, do people, more people find you by the website and the, the social media still? Is that still your primary form of marketing? Yeah. Um, so today, I mean, I, I'm kind of in a position now, which is amazing, where uh, people tell each other about, about the software. 
and enough people use the software now that people tend to hear about hear about us especially in in the uk that's i think we've got a lot quite a large percentage of the of the uh, escape rooms use my software use buzzshot pretty much everyone has heard of buzzshot which is which is really good usually when i speak to someone they're like oh yes we've been to check that out you know in the states it's a, it's a little you know it's a much bigger market we've got a lot of people there but there's a much more total so i think there's probably still people who haven't really heard of the software which is which is good we'll get to those but yeah mostly word of mouth that's just that is the biggest thing but after that but there's also uh, i'm still trying to be involved in the uh, facebook groups i do content a bit of content marketing some articles i write myself so i've experimented with with getting in people to write them uh, my dad actually did a whole series of articles sort of uh, about being a, a games master uh, which did quite well and then the and then the other big thing is to go to conferences so there are uh, conferences for the escape room industry um, okay, so how, many, how well attended are those i'm just curious i think uh like so up the game is the, the biggest european one like maybe six seven hundred people wow um, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty good turnout especially for the yeah. size of industry you're talking about that's that's awesome do you like do a table there or anything or do you just interact with the crowd or you speak or how, how do you use those to yes. build your business? So, so the very first time I went, I just went just as an individual. Um, I uh, just paid for a, for, for a normal attendee ticket. Uh, I took a, uh, a, a little iPad, an iPad mini, and then I spent the entire conference just going between different groups of people, t- chatting to them and uh, usually waiting for them to ask, what do you do? And then saying, oh, yeah, I make software for escape rooms. And then if they were interested, and uh, they were like, oh, could, you know, can I see more about that? I'd be like, well, I've got my tablet here. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I give them a demo. And that, that, worked, that worked really well. I, I definitely picked up a whole bunch of people who, who, uh, who were looking at the software from, from that. It was, it was absolutely exhausting, but it, but it, was, pretty, it was pretty good. After that, so the, the next year, I was, was doing a lot better. You know, I actually had a, lot, had a bunch of customers by then. From that point on, I've started... I actually get a booth now. Yeah, so so I get a um, have an area, got my uh, backdrop, like stretch fabric backdrop, and a, and a bunch and a bunch of other stuff like that. Some some tablets for demoing, and yeah, I, I spend most of the conference sort of stood stood in there, and then people come and come and talk to me. That's terrific. Now, of course, we're in the middle of COVID nineteen pandemic still as we record this, and I imagine that had a pretty significant impact on the escape room industry. So, how did that affect your business? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, had a had a huge impact because yeah, the majority of the escape rooms in the world have closed down sort of immediately. Yeah, it was over a few weeks where a few of them sort of hung on and until they were actually forced to close. But yeah, people have stopped going to escape rooms. The the first thing we did like uh, before before lockdown was in place here, but so we kind of realised that suddenly you know all our customers' business has gone away. They're, we tried tried to get ahead of that by um, by sending out an email quite quite early on, just saying if anyone needs to uh, pause their subscriptions, you can do that. Pause your subscriptions; you don't have to pay. For, you don't have to pay for anything, but we'll keep your account around. And then when things get better, you can you can come back. And yeah, it turned out that yeah, over the next few weeks, most people did that. Which um, yeah, that yeah. kind of shuts down your whole income stream then. So that's you know, that, that was great from a customer service standpoint, but yeah. but horrible from a business standpoint uh, as far as profitability. So how did you handle that? I know you pivoted, but I'd love to hear how you yeah. about that decision and what happened there. Yeah, I mean, um, I, w- one, I think I was just uh, really lucky to be in a position where I could do what I considered the right thing. Um, I know there are other companies that just could not do that um, because they have too many, too many commitments. I know, definitely, I know there are definitely companies who have just, yeah, seen like, no, you're locked into a contract. You're, you're just going to carry on. <laughs> you just got to carry on paying us. We can't do anything else. Um, and no, but I, I thought that was the right thing to do. And uh, also, I thought that, you know, any uh, escape room that uh, goes out of business is not going to be my customer anymore anyway. So, 
better to do everything we can to help them stay stay in business so that they can come back and be customers for for lots longer later on so yeah uh, yeah obviously that that uh sort of almost overnight yeah slashed the income way way down to almost nothing luckily it's it's a very small company uh i'm, I'm the only full-time full-time person there's also uh carl who is works in sort of a freelance basis but it does uh, work quite a lot but he um but he's you know he's a freelancer so i kept him on his uh on his retainer but but yeah he was he was really really flexible with that and uh, he was yeah uh, he's i mean he's, he's fantastic um <laughs> i had to had to, uh, had to insist that he um that he he carried on getting paid um <laughs> but 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 anyway you know the um we didn't really have any other outgoings you know the server costs I was able to ramp all the servers way down because no, no one's using it uh, other costs are things like sending sms messages that the product does of course that just didn't have to do anything about that uh, that wasn't costing me anything anymore um so yeah kind of uh, yeah massively cut down the uh, uh expenditure and had some money in the account in the um business as well so um i just yeah i made the decision that we were going to get a bunch of development work done by uh, I was bringing in some other developers so yeah i decided, finally decided that maybe i shouldn't do all the development work and to do that i'd built up a bit, a bit of cash to uh, to pay them i was able to, to keep that and and uh, and yeah to be to be uh, to be able to survive without any revenue for for quite a while and while still paying sort of cut cut my own wages way way down which of course didn't matter at all because you know what are you going to spend money on during a, during a pandemic um my, my outgoings have gone to almost nothing i was yeah, I uh, <laughs> I don't really have anything to spend money on at the moment. So that was that was that that was okay. I wanted to point out something to our listeners. Here's the big deal: Tom had a reserve of cash, and we actually just had a, a podcast recently with David Safir who talks about cash flow management. And if you just sit there and, and you're spending every single penny that comes in as quickly as it comes in, it's not a great position to be in when when the unexpected happens. And obviously, I think COVID was unexpected for most who uh, were affected by it, but the, the pivot for you, you still had software development going on, but that software development meant that you had the ability to do a new product. So tell us about that. Yeah. Um, so when, once we sort of like we scaled everything down and then uh, for the first sort of few weeks of that, uh, my time was mostly spent dealing with people who were, were pausing their accounts and dealing with questions about that. And um yeah, and that, that was also, that was quite draining. So I really wasn't doing anything else. But, you know, after a while, we got, kind of got, got a handle on that, started thinking about what, 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 what can I do? Uh, what can I do that's, uh, that's useful and uh, gives me some kind of purpose during, uh, during this? And the thing that I uh, noticed that people had started talking about, escape room owners started talking about like various, well, they had all kinds of ideas for like, what can we do to, uh, to survive this? And one of the things people were talking about is, can we run our escape our rooms remotely? And it was just people talking at that point. So I, I, that, that sounded really interesting to me because you know I, that's one of those thoughts I think quite a lot of people had had before. Like, could you play an escape room through through, through uh, like video streaming? I definitely discussed it with someone with people at uh, conferences before. I would always been like, well, maybe, but I mean, why would you? <laughs> Um, it was more of an interesting thing uh, that, like, you know, uh, I wonder if that would work rather than a, a, an actual. This is this makes sense to do, but of course, you know, people people are now sort people are suddenly talking like, well, can we do this? Like, how how would we do this? And I, um, I my initially my my initial thoughts were were to make some software. So, yeah, I started specking out, started discussing with Carl, yeah, you know, what what kind of software we what kind of software I could build, what 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 would be useful. And uh, but I kind of pretty quickly realized that one, it was too early to to really know. I didn't really know what people wanted. 
because this wasn't even an area of the industry that existed. No one had even launched one of these games yet. I didn't know what software they needed to, to do to help them do it. And also, no one had any, no one's got any money. Like, like every, everyone's just had their business destroyed. Uh, no, no one's going to want to pay me a software <laughs> right now. <laughs> so I thought I'd you know, put that to one side, and I just thought I'd try and just, just help people who were thinking of doing this. And I thought that that had you know two two benefits really one is every escape room that i that manages to find some other uh, revenue stream and stays alive is another escape room that's still going to exist after the pandemic that's good for me that's good for everyone and also i'm thinking i'm probably going to build some software at some point if this works so best way of preparing for that is to be talking to the people who are doing this a lot and to be helping them and generally you know get to a point where people will listen to me so the uh, first thing I did, um, I think I sent out, I think the, very, the very first thing I did was I sent out an email to all of my, everyone on my mailing list. So all my customers plus other people who have expressed an interest in the, part, in the past, just saying, what do you think of this? This is what I've been hearing. Is it, who's thinking of doing this? What, do you, what help do you need? What's, uh, what are your problems? Got had some really, really interesting conversations from that. You know, quite a few conversations with people who, uh, who were just like, well, no, this isn't never going to work. I don't think this is a good idea at all. And, some, and a lot of conversations with people saying, yeah, we're interested, or or even people going like, yes, we're we're actually trying this. So I, I started a face, I created a Facebook group. So I thought best thing to do, get everyone together. Created a Facebook group called Live Video Escape Rooms. Invited everyone who said they they might be interested, and yeah, and, and that, that was that was fantastic. So I had this group where people were that started to be where all the discussion was happening. So people were talking about you know what you can do, and and uh, and how you might be able to do stuff. Yeah, I, I was trying to be my, my take on the role of I was just sort of trying to talk to everyone and then synthesize stuff. And, you know, and, and so, when, so when someone would ask, how, you know, how do I do this? How do I, how do I stream video? I could say, well, this is what most people are using. This is, this, is what, this is why they're using it. These are the other things that people are considering right now. And I think, yeah, I think that was really useful to a lot of people because yeah, it was just like getting all that information just spread out as much as possible. You had a great conversation. That's something else that's really important is a lot of people don't really take the time to talk to their market and mm. they build something or create something that nobody's really interested in or doesn't really yeah. serve the needs of the market. I think that's really smart. It's forward thinking, but it's also smart. And you, you want to talk to the market to find out what's missing or what, what do they really need and keep that conversation going. I think that's a missed opportunity, especially for solopreneurs. They're so busy head down in their business, they don't talk to their market. I think it's so, yeah. so important. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think I've been guilty of that before. You know, it's always I write code, and so it's it's always a lot easier to, for me just to jump into writing code and to develop software. This approach, where I've spent a lot of time before, just just talking to people and helping them, and not really having any particular like fixed idea of what I was going to build or what I was going to do, I think worked really really well. The next thing I built after that was uh, I realized that you know the the in order for the for any of these people to be successful, they were going to have to uh, have players and players didn't currently know that this was an option. So I um, I built uh, livevideoescaperooms.com, which is a listing site. I'd actually previously worked on a uh, on a listing site for escape rooms. I kind of shelved after I kind of decided I didn't really have anything unique really to to, to add to the, to what was already out there. But I had this code, so I just sort of took that and was able to like in, you know, in a few days of hacking, rip it all apart, put it back together again as a uh, <laughs> as livevideoescaperooms.com. Um, That's awesome. Tell us what actually live, live video escape rooms does. So I'm a customer. Yeah. I'm interested in escape room, but I, I can't go to my local escape room because they're closed. What actually happens when somebody goes there? 
Yeah. So, so my, my website though is, it's just a listing site. So I'm, I'm just, I'm listing, I'm taking reviews and ranking people by them, all that kind of stuff. What, what the actual games are, which I, I don't think I described before, but the, uh, the games are mostly where people have taken their existing escape room. So this is you know, a room where you would, you would usually go get locked in with people, uh, with some friends, uh, have to solve puzzles to get out again. And they're taking the, the games master, whose usually would be, job usually would be to lock you in and you know, maybe deliver clues. They're giving, it, they're giving them a, uh, a camera, usually just a phone, like an iPhone or something. Then you sort of join them and you, you see through the camera that they, they've got and you, they show you around the room and you ask them to, like, you know, to do stuff and to try combinations and stuff. And you basically play the escape room as if you were there, but through using the, uh, the Games Master sort of as your avatar. Okay, so they actually do the work of you know, opening the clues or, or fulfilling the tasks. Yeah, yeah. And that works... That actually works a lot better than you'd expect. It's actually really fun. Um, and you can have a bunch of friends all on a Zoom call, all, all involved. So when I'm playing, I usually play with four to five friends. Uh, and it's, it's a really nice social thing. For, for me, escape rooms have always been the social thing. You know, it's a, it's, you know, I don't go just because I like puzzles. I go because it's something I can do with my friends. And it's, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, you, you get the same kind of thing, except remotely, which is fantastic when you're all stuck at home and, you know, really craving some kind of social interaction. You know, it's, a much, it's much nicer than just having Zoom drinks again. <laughs> that, that's um, really cool. Uh, let me ask you this. Let's say somebody comes into live video escape rooms. One I think that's really cool is that you could actually be playing, you know, I could be sitting here in the United States, so I could actually be playing in an escape room in Eastern Europe or something, <laughs> as you mentioned, that, is, that was where it kind of started at. So that, yeah. that really gives you the ability to see many more escape rooms than most people would ever have the ability to, to see unless they're a world traveler. So that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've been playing games that I would never have got to play otherwise. You know, I've been playing games all over Europe, uh, all over the States, um, and that's fantastic, yeah. And it's just, it's just really interesting to see that people who's pre- who previously had a business that's very kind of localized. So there are some escape rooms which are so well-known that people travel all over the place to, from all over the place to play them. But, you know, a lot of escape rooms, they're, they're built for the local market. You know, they're, they're just, you know, they, they wouldn't, you wouldn't usually expect that many other people to play them. And suddenly they're open to the entire world. And, uh, and that's pretty cool. That is. It sounds like something that even after COVID's done, this will probably be a continuing income stream, I would think. Yes, I, I think so. Um, and I, I think that's going to vary by different places. How much escape rooms cost varies a lot all over the world. But I think how much an online people are willing to pay for an online online experience is is pretty uniform because it doesn't really matter where they are. So some places this is a really good revenue stream and this totally makes sense. And other places maybe not so much. And then there are quite a few places where they'd rather run a live game that's currently making them more money, but they can't. So they will. So they will run these. And of course, I think you can do things like you can run your live video games uh, at night. I, I know one guy who uh, is like running games till six in the morning every night at the moment. And I have no idea how he does it because I speak to him like in his daytime and he's all, and he seems to be awake and fully, fully okay. And I just, I don't know when he sleeps, but (laughs) (laughs) it is possible. You can do that. (laughs) That's crazy. One last question for you today. What's next on the horizon for you? I know you have some other projects in the works as well. What else is going on? Yeah. So, um, after, after all that, I, I went back to the idea of actually making software for, for these things. And one of the things that, that people have been, have been doing is they've been providing inventories alongside the, uh, the, the live video. So, and what that means is you're, you're finding lots of stuff in the room. So, you know, escape rooms often involve a lot of stuff that you find and you have to combine it. 
And if it's all just through live video, that can get a bit confusing because you have to keep on asking the games master, oh, what do we have? You know, can you put the camera, put the camera back onto that table? Let's see, let's see all the things we've got. So what people started doing was, was providing sort of basically image galleries. And people would repurpose various sort of image galleries of software that people were using uh, Adobe Lightroom galleries to some, some success. And they were trying to like, you know, reveal, you don't want, you want to reveal stuff as people find them. You don't want those all to be there to start with because that would be overwhelming. And also would mean people would just skip ahead in the game. Uh, and, you know, some people have built some, their kind of own custom stuff and or sort of coupled together WordPress plugins to do it. So I decided that that's probably probably the best place to start. So I built a software called uh, Telescape Live, which is yeah, an inventory system for, for these kind of games. So the idea is this software, you've got Zoom running and then in another window next to it or on your phone, you've got my software running. And whenever you find something in the, in the room, it will just automatically ping onto my software. It makes a little noise. It, it, the, the new, the new uh, sort of icon appears and you can tap it. You can look at the thing and it supports all kinds of, all kinds of things. It supports videos, pictures, uh, 360 views, which are really cool. So you, a lot of people now will, will supply a, a 360 photo of the room so that people can be looking sort of around the room and sort of then be like, oh, could you go and look over at the, by the table over there? I think there's something over there. Oh, that's um, really awesome. Yeah, so you, you just really... Uh just keep finding these different ways to use software to, mm. to really magnify the, the effectiveness of virtual escape rooms. I think it's really cool. Wow, th- this has been a, a fascinating conversation for you, Tom, and I, I would I'd love for folks to, to take a look at what you're doing, if, if you're doing escape rooms, or just like to want to check out an escape room. I've, I've been always wanted to go to an escape room with the family, just never have made it out to one, and I'm, I'm seriously thinking I'm going to try these virtual escape rooms until I can get to one in person. So where would yeah. people find you at? So um, if you wanted to, f- if you want to find out more about the, um, the escape rooms, then I would go to livevideoescaperooms.com. My, my software is at buzzshot.co and uh, telescapelive.com. And then if you want to find me on, on the internet, on, on Twitter, I'm uh, almost obsolete on, uh, on Twitter. Although that, that is usually you know, personal and technical stuff, less, uh, less escape room type of stuff. Awesome. Well, hey, Tom, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, well, thank you very much for having me on. Thank you for listening to the Solopreneur Success Podcast. We hope you discovered valuable advice on how to start and grow your own successful solopreneur business. If you liked the podcast, you'll love the all-new Solopreneur Success Connections community at solopreneurcoach.com. Here you'll get exclusive access to our private, members-only community of business builders, free business building resources, and live online monthly training designed to accelerate your business success. Join us now at solopreneurcoach.com. Hey, solopreneurs, it's Steve Combs again. You can find all the show notes for this episode at solopreneurcoach.com forward slash 028. And if you're looking for something fun and exciting to do, be sure to check out the many escape rooms you can play live on Tom's website at livevideoescaperooms.com. Thank you for listening.